0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Peak Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Adam. This is my co-host, Ty. Hi, what's up, man? Oh, doing good, man. Yeah? Doing good. Hey, um, so we haven't talked about your, your thesis.
1: Mm. Right? Yeah, so still working exactly. on that. I'm trying to get some surveys going. Okay. Uh, just kind of start getting some data collection going. So uh, are
0: you just doing caffeine?
1: Yeah. Workout? Yeah, uh, I, I know like maybe in the first one thing we talked about alcohol and alcohol. Only, again, I want to say it's not because I necessarily just advocate for alcohol. I was doing it from an understanding that uh, most adults do consume alcohol. So uh, just, you know, (laughs) trying to get them to figure out. Yeah. How to
0: live a better life. You know what's interesting about that? As you say, most adults, it's there's actually a bigger movement for no for no alcohol. There are oh, bars good. popping up in the big cities that are just mocktail bars. Really? Yeah, I did not they're know actually that. becoming That's, really popular. I did not know that. Yeah, so there's an entire like you know cult, like I'm going to say, subculture yeah. of of sit major cities that have that are like they don't drink. Yeah, like, they don't think drinking's like great. So they so they're doing like all the mocktail bars and stuff like that. So it's actually becoming a bigger bigger thing. That's so really cool. Yeah, I, I
1: did not know that, mm-hmm. but um, I, I just think that it sounded like uh, without yeah. bringing up some study, it sounded like a lot of adults did consume well, alcohol, whether they Wayne do. Yeah, I do think so. Um, but understanding that if even if you do, um, that's you know understanding that behavior that. Um, you know, how to do it in the best way possible yeah. without limiting yourself yeah, yeah. Is, is kind of what was the idea of it. But yeah, we're just going to say, yeah, uh, easier. Um, yeah, it's just easier to do, uh, one substance versus, you know, yeah, two. True. So yeah, a little easier. but yeah, uh, going well data collection and, uh, yeah, try to move forward and would love to share some of that as it, as it progresses. Sure. sure. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. You question rugby team. How's that going? Um
0: well so we actually just finished they, they start practice they started practice on February sixth. Mm-hmm. Um so we're done we we're already done with the Tuesday, Thursday trainings. We yeah. started picking up uh Wednesday training, so in between. Um so when you say practice like skill like like they, they actually they actually practice. are having oh, key okay. practices. Okay, so, okay. so the, the workouts were originally in place of their practices to keep Some of them off season schedule, yeah, off season like like training, Um, but they they were enjoying it enough. I offered to just move to Wednesdays, yeah. You know, one to help keep strength and conditioning going and stuff like that for them. Um, Work on more athleticism, you know, because I'm going to incorporate. I'm incorporating more um, full body workouts with that. Where big a fan of those. Where we have, uh, yeah, I think I think they're really good. It's just contextual, but especially for athletics, I think so. um, teaching you know mm-hmm. bracing while still being able to pr- you know, produce force mm-hmm. like you know and actually utilizing you know the connect chain yeah like through movements through running through like all Almost the like things re-engage your body like keep, yeah, yes like yes. keeping keep. tension so we're actually transferring force into the ground mm-hmm. you know so we're actually able to you know strengthening their necks and all, all yeah that. yeah I so, love that. I love so yeah that. trying to like hit Everything in one one exercise, and I have a few of them that are doing um, one-on-one sessions with me, nice. you know, as well. Maybe so a little
1: bit deeper, yeah, which absolutely. is awesome. I, I was only thinking because yeah. I had someone; don't remember when it was actually a few weeks ago. Uh, someone they didn't know, you know, that we had the, have these podcasts. Talk at the time, it was somebody yeah. I just met, and I remember we were just having a conversation. They were like, "Did you know that Springfield has a rugby team?" Yeah. I was like, "Well, actually, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I know the guy." So, uh, just want, was curious, yeah. hoping everything's going well with yeah, going, staying motivated, yep. energetic. Yeah, everything's going really well. You know, the like, um, you know,
0: still had a really pretty good turnout overall. Awesome. Like towards the end, like things, get, people's schedules get busy and stuff yeah. like that. But it yeah, okay. so okay. I mean, I mean, I'm interested to see how their season starts going. Mm-hmm. And um, my biggest thing is you know trying to get them stronger, but also injury prevention. Um, Huge. so Huge. So that was, that's how we always, we're we basing everything, and that's how we're going to continue, you know, programming, especially this it. is only once a week, yeah. Like, that's gonna be the biggest thing. But, right, I you know I have multiple guys that are already like they have better shoulder mobility and hip yeah. mobility, they don't hurt as much.
1: Like, interesting to know. see it translate mm-hmm. into their uh, yep. their specific sport. Yep. So, that's awesome. I'm glad that they're in season now, and yeah. Uh, like I said, it sounds like they're still staying motivated one on one sessions mm-hmm. and continuing to look for that. So, 100 awesome. percent awesome. Um, yeah, so.
0: So, today I think we're going to be talking about some uh, hypertrophy training, you know, uh, for all of our um, bodybuilders yeah. or, you know, people like aesthetic, like, yeah. you know, physique development
1: type people. Absolutely. Um, yeah. so, if you don't know, hypertrophy is just muscle growth, uh, building the size uh-huh. of muscle. Yep. Yeah. If, if you want grow, growing muscle tissue. Growing yes. tissue. Growing yes. muscle Absolutely. tissue. Absolutely. Um, yeah.
0: Fancy. So, all right. Yeah. Um, so, one, I want to to cover first. Are you familiar like with the old term some of the old theories? Like sarcoplasmic hypertrophy theory versus myofibrial hypertrophy theory? More familiar with the myofibrial. Yeah. But uh remind me. So Maybe you know we'll so so the, the, the theories and we now know them not to really be like like uh-huh. yeah, yeah. But,
1: well you know so well, theories are always interesting because there's okay. some truth in
0: it. Well there's some truth and it's was led us to where we are now.
1: Yes, right? gives us
0: a point. So you know, my fibular was you know the theory that there was the dense core, the dense muscle, and where you got your strength from. Mm-hmm. And so training a certain rep range or whatever, like certain training would grow would would increase that strength and yes, of overall. And then sarcoplasmic was the the theory that you had the, this fluid filled sacs around the, the the cells, you know, filled with fluid sarcoplasm, and when you trained it. Higher rep ranges or whatever you got, got the pump. Like you're breaking okay. those sacs open, sure, yeah. And yeah. then your body was going back in and repairing them bigger. That's where you got more muscle tissue from. Interesting, like, yeah, right. Okay. And so, so I think that's really important to you know talk about those as we move forward, so that whenever we start bringing up you know the new like the newest stuff and how where you might
1: like, get from that, that. exactly, exactly. exactly that was the foundation for that was something yeah a lot of the hy- mm-hmm. hypertrophy were the training theories mm-hmm. that we're seeing today
0: this i mean this was you know 10 you know this was being talked about 10 12 years ago when i first started lifting stuff mm-hmm. so that's the stuff that i got introduced to and i'm like oh like this is the way it works like yeah. I'm thinking that i knew mm-hmm. and this and you know for me it's like well i knew or i thought i knew
1: mm-hmm. but now i know i didn't know I'll tell you what. Yeah. Science will tell you. Yeah. And that, I think that's just science. Uh, if you, if you have studied science to Mm -hmm. any degree, you have to be open to being wrong. Yeah. Uh, because things are going to change as we Mm -hmm. get new data. So yeah, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to be able to go back and say, no, I was wrong there. Uh, as we have seen Mm -hmm. from previous data. So I think that's just natural. And as I think, um, people get stuck in
0: what they believe or what they, especially I think as coaches, a lot of coaches, are told something they learn something a certain way and that's what they have propagated out to their client mm-hmm. well the most people want to be the expert mm-hmm. like that they want their client, clients to think that they are mm-hmm. the expert like the person that everyone should be training with yeah right okay cool i get that sure so they don't they get stuck in set ways set ways exactly mm-hmm. Because
1: they don't want to come back and be like, actually, I was wrong. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. For, yeah, for some individual, if you've never had to do it before, mm-hmm. it's it's almost a pride thing. It's it what well,
0: is? You know, it's our like because our our egos. Mm-hmm. We could show talk about this on the last episode. Ego. yeah. yeah. You know, you know, um, get hurt, and mm-hmm. we, you know, but we take pride in in our ability to to know or to have knowledge, and it's like, well, knowledge is ever changing. Yeah, so you know. When you talk about hypertrophy, mm-hmm. how are you all, like, are you all, are you, in your programs? Yes. Like within school, yep. within college, are you, because you're in your master's degree? Yes, sir. Um, but even in, maybe in your bachelor's yes. s- studies, were you, how are you taught as far as hypertrophy? Uh, or do they actually break, did they actually, when you're tra- talking about training principles, did they break it down into more athletic training, hypertrophy training? And there is a difference. Yeah, there is a difference between different training styles and different this. There is not yeah. one size fits all. But hypertrophy, like bodybuilding, does not train athletics better, and athletics does not necessarily train bodybuilding better. I think there is a there there is yeah in, they're intertwined, intertwined. Mm-hmm. But so how did do? How did they differentiate Absolutely. that, or did they?
1: They did. So the biggest thing they taught us that uh, things are a lot broader than what you think they are. So mm-hmm. uh, for they did break it down like typically this was viewed and we kind of talked a little bit about some of the, how it used to be. So typically they'll say like, so if you're doing strength training, like your rep ranges is like, uh, maybe like one to three. Uh Right. Uh, and they like that general rule set. And yes, you hear like a lot of general rule sets of hypertrophy training is okay. We're going to do eight to 12. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we, especially like towards the end of my undergraduate heading into masters, uh, we talked a lot about that hypertrophy specifically, uh, is a lot more fluid than that, meaning that it could it can happen between anywhere between one set and thirty-three sets. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot it's not just yeah. eight to twelve. It's not just this, you know, this this hard twelve is the cat. Right. Yeah. Because a mm-hmm. lot of times you hear people say uh what was previously learned that uh, um anything over twelve, they're like, oh that's endurance training. Yeah. You immediately mm-hmm. enter endurance training. Well yeah. um um so uh we've talked about it a little bit that it's more fluid than what was previously mm. thought. And that's kind of the perspective that they have taken, that there's a lot of different theories. Mm. We, strangely enough, we did not talk a lot about, um, training strategies, I guess yeah, okay. necessarily. Like we didn't talk a lot about like stuff, like obviously like, we know we talked about a little bit like drop sets, right? We yeah. talked about a little bit, I, not like utilizing that to, as much as, or stuff like that. Obviously we hit all the basic stuff, compound sets. Mm. Um, supersets all that stuff yeah. so a little bit so yeah we we'll talk a little bit so from your <laughs> experience adam um hypertrophy training especially you're saying from what you did learn yeah and yeah. 12 years ago till now um uh, ha- have you seen a drastic change
0: so one of the things that i i have noticed is you know yeah we have like so let's let's break it down into like you know fast twitch slow twitch muscle fibers and stuff sure. like like what is there Pretty I'm pretty like, sure there's like a le- like eleven or twelve. Yeah, or we like just that. Like, yeah, we just talked about this. On, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, there's like there's different variations of the same muscle fibers. Mm-hmm. So even on the the like the slow twitch muscle fiber, oxidative. there's still a glycolytic slow twitch muscle fiber,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not just oxidative. Mm-hmm. And so w- we have to understand that even with the fat it's <laughs> also going to be more oxidative, oxidative. within fast twitch as well. Okay, so like you talked about the the after twelve reps was endurance, like not mm-hmm. necessarily, we can yeah. still grow muscle tissue there, mm-hmm. and Brad Schoenfeld does have a study I think it was back in, in two thousand and eighteen. it might have been earlier than that um well, what was that five years ago four six years ago, so maybe around that area good, um you know that Eric showed everything up to thirty percent of one rep max- or down to thirty percent of one yeah. rep yeah. one rep max was able to have hyper ha, have muscle size growth hypertrophy yeah okay well and, and you know we always have to when we look at data studies mm-hmm. we always have to take things in context like people want to look at studies and be like oh this is what the conclusion was but was the duration of that study mm-hmm. like yeah they were similar like like they like they were within the the, the proper deviation and like standard deviation and stuff yeah. so so it was like they're like they didn't really see much more, but one still had more than another. I'm not sure which one Mm -hmm. because I haven't gone back and looked, which I really need to because, but if it's a six week study, eight week study, 12 week study, which one had more in that, in that time period, that doesn't mean in two years of
1: doing that, that's still, they're still equal. That's a really good point. If you do look at a study, Mm -hmm. look at the context of the study, the setting in the study, and you can relate to certain settings. So whether it's a six week, you can say, okay, well, for a six week program yes. that might be it suggests yeah. that this is good. Uh, and but, you say suggest as well. Yes. So and that's why I tell everyone, Mike, I'm like, like
0: here's the thing about studies. Mm-hmm. Studies are just da- just just arguments, evidence towards or against an idea. Absolutely. That is it. That is absolutely it. There's that there does not mean that that is the way it is. It's not fact. No. Like until we can do, you know, a twenty year study mm-hmm. and and have in on three or four different variables and see all these different things and it's like no, and this, this group is what we know. Yes. This is what we know. Yeah. Like we, you know, 20, 30 years out and we still see this consistent over 20, 30 years. Yeah. Great. Sure. But we're never going to get now there. Now we can get to a
1: higher acceptance yeah. rate
0: at that point. But, but we're never going to get there because getting people to do the exact same thing for 20, 30 years. I mean, hell, we have trouble. <laughs> well, we have trouble. Getting I mean, exactly. We have trouble enough getting people to do the same thing for three months.
1: Yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, three, <laughs> three days, man. Like literally. But, but yeah, so,
0: um, so we always have to take those that those, data into consideration. It's like, okay, but now there's more of the, um, oh, what's it called? Um, effective reps model. Hmm. You know, um, that, you know, and that essentially is saying that, you know, the, the, the last, essentially the last five reps of your set, doesn't matter if it's 10 reps, eight reps, five reps, 20 reps. Those, when, when the bar speed, when the movement speed slows to about twice the speed or half the speed, so it's two takes you twice as long to get up. Mm-hmm. So those grueling reps where you're just sitting there like struggling, yeah. those are the effective reps. Yeah. So if it the, no and the the motor neurons, the muscle fibers, not those aren't the same, but the mm-hmm. motor neuron I mean, engagement that well for everyone
1: else. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. The motor
0: neural engagement as required that those fibers that the controls, those are the ones that are have a higher probability of proliferation splitting off and, yeah. you know uh-huh. new cells, those are, are the first ones to fatigue out mm-hmm. as well. So if they're the first ones to fatigue out in a higher rep set, you're also, this is where I go back to the whole um, 30% of one rep max. Mm-hmm. If they're the first ones to fatigue out and you're not hitting that five reps until rep until rep 15 mm-hmm. and they're already fatigued out, you're actually going to, in the long run, or part of them are fatigued out, you're going to have lower Percentage of muscle growth mm-hmm. from that. So the the, yeah. the thought process then is that we're sitting there and doing more of a, you know, I mean, we're going, we're we're trying to find a working weight mm-hmm. that a is working set, yes, yes. That we're only needing one or two working sets, like t- essentially ten of these reps. Mm-hmm. So two working sets at all five. If you only get three in that rep range, mm-hmm. then you need more sets, yes. And then those effective those effective reps, you need more sets because now you need more. So you need essentially ten, like per exercise.
1: Sure, right. Like the last few, the ones that you're mm-hmm. actually struggling, is the ones that are the really matter. developing any new growth. Mm-hmm. We're talking about hypertrophy, yeah. so developing new muscle, um, muscle tissue, or yeah. Yeah. tissue, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, in general, that yeah. is promoting the most growth. So whether it's if you do ten and then it doesn't get hard until your last five, yeah.
0: Are you even like? Well, I mean, so people want to want to track volume. Well, mm-hmm. who cares about the total number that you lifted? Because that doesn't make you more of a man, right? Or you know, well, for the guys, yeah, um, yeah. But that's you know what I'm saying. That doesn't yeah, make you yes. more. That doesn't make you more badass. Make, yeah, it doesn't make you. Yeah. Like, yeah oh, yeah. look at you! Like, okay, you did more reps. Cool. Sure, okay. Sure. Well, just increase weight. You'll do less reps. Mm-hmm. Guess what? And you'll probably actually grow more muscle tissue too. Absolutely. And so, where the caveat to this is, though, is like. We have to be able to find that muscle tissue. We have to be able to activate the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Well, so say for newer people, like they don't necessarily need to train that that same way, mm-hmm. because they have trouble finding the muscle tissue in general. They they can't really feel the muscle tissue until they're slightly fatigued. Yes, you know, so they might those people might need to train in you know eight to twelve, twelve to fifteen, you know, whatever rep range. Sure.
1: But they need to pick. like that's more mind muscle. Exactly. That's just repetition as far as getting mm. the movement down in order to stand mm. where your body is finding its leverage at. So that's, that's... So if you're training chest,
0: yeah. you're trying. If you're doing and your goal on hypertrophy to isolate the the pec, mm-hmm. and we're sitting there and we're you know up here on our shoulders yeah. because it's too heavy, mm-hmm. we're not training the chest. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how many reps you get because you're in your shoulders, you're not in your chest. Yeah, you can, you know, you'll still get some chest growth. Cool. Sure, but But So decrease the weight then. Yes. Yes. Decrease the weight then, make that chest create all the tension it possibly can for that movement and keep it all within that chest is now going to grow that chest better. So that person might be at 10 reps, 12 reps, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the goal as me as a trainer is to get them to go be able to find that better and better and better so I can then load them heavier and heavier and heavier and keep them calm because mm. the body's psychological response to heavy ass weight on this is yeah freaking out oh 100 get it off me a hundred percent so if we're so if our body's psychologically freaking out then we're less likely to just be calm and be like you know down the chest and actually squeeze duck in you it. know squeeze through yeah, yeah 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 and so even like learning how to fail mm. how to hit failure with a squat mm. like shit how do I get off I'll of this yeah You know like it's not a bad thing to learn on how to fail at a bench press if you're on your own and be like whoop and roll it down your chest to your to your hips yeah and then sit up Mm -hmm. like it's not a bad thing to learn for people to do that i've had to do that plenty of times Uh, i was like in my earlier days. yeah you know and yeah i freaked out but you know what, I le- I survived and I learned how to do it mm-hmm. and I took n- mental notes. I'm like, okay, that worked out well, that didn't work out well. That's a really good point.
1: Uh, just 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 hitting on that, just what you're saying as far as like learning how to fail and getting out of mm-hmm. lifts uh, whenever you're in danger, you'll find a lot of people won't lift as heavy as they can because they don't have a partner or mm-hmm. something like that. But if you do learn how to safely mm-hmm. bail yourself, mm-hmm. yeah, bail um, without injuring yourself, uh, I think that's a real, real important skill to learn. Oh, what before you yeah, get too ahead of yourself. Mm-hmm. Learn your exit plan what percent saying? like, like and,
0: you know, but you'll see people like you know, I had a client who you know we were doing box squats like we're we're oh, raising okay. his weights yeah. you know and you know, and we're raising his weight quite a bit and stuff like that and he he got down, he got stuck mm-hmm. and he's sitting there with the bar and he literally just <laughs> claps his forward lets roll over his neck. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. I was like uh, I, I, as as he did that. Like I was, I was in a process of right before he started that. I was like, I was like, stay right there, yeah, hold, yeah, and like, but his body was literally in the state of
1: like I have to get get off. I can't get up. Yes,
0: I was going to come pick it up, like, Mm -hmm. like come up because the box is big. I could not necessarily stand behind him, right, right. He was, he was in a safe position, right, Mm -hmm. and so, but his body doesn't believe that. Well, his body didn't believe it, didn't, and. He didn't know how to bail. Well, now, so then it was like, okay, well, we weren't like heavy enough that it was like he wasn't injured or anything like that. So, right, right. You know, there's always going to be something like that yeah, yeah, that happens yeah. sometimes, right? Because you have to experience your first time before you can really take the
1: lessons. It was like, ooh, oh, okay. Yeah. You got to bump your head yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. You do. And so I failed wrong and yeah. missed my hip and completely threw myself on the floor. I'm like, what just happened? Oh, I thought I knew how to do this. And I ended up on the ground uh, doing a bench press. Yeah. Oh, like, uh, <laughs> nobody see this, hopefully. So, uh, or everyone sees it, or I tell. Yeah, it, like, if I do that type of stuff, I'm like, guess what I did. Yeah, I'm like, like um, you'll never guess. I was on the floor, yeah, doing a bit yeah. I don't know
0: what happened. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've seen, you know, uh, people with like bench press, like they won't, you know, bench press with collars on. Yeah, you know? so then they you can just like, if they get stuck, then they can just like tip over yeah. to the side. I'm not the biggest fan of that because, yeah. you know, especially yeah.
1: as you get there. Well, yeah. yeah. Then you fly back. Over. If you're holding yeah. on, you fly back. Over the that other side, jolting movement. There's you don't you don't you try to limit jolting yeah. movements, especially when weight, especially under heavy weight. Well, yeah. Especially like if you're not able to control it to begin with, like then yeah, yeah you're there, getting standard. There. territory. But one thing I want to say is when you were just talking about it is failure and going back yeah. to the hypertrophy mm-hmm. thing is um, how do you get someone to to comfortably or I won't say comfortably. How do you get someone to embrace? Because that is scary. What you're saying, same thing mm-hmm. you're saying with that with that client of yours is once you hit failure, it gets scary because you feel your body giving yes. up. You feel tired. You feel weaker than whenever you started. And some people will avoid that movement because it's fear. Yeah. It's, it's fear of injury. Even though, even if they are in that mm-hmm. position like your client was, right? So how do you um, how do you get someone to embrace that? Or so one me, I personally, I coach through
0: experience Mm -hmm. okay so what i mean what i mean by that is me like my personal training is i don't like i give a rough example of what i want people to do like say that the first time doing exercise i have them go do it i'm like i'm like i want you to chest press you know what chest press is and like yeah i've seen them okay i want you to go i don't show you what i'm doing what you do Mm -hmm. or how i want you to do it i don't even want you thinking (laughs) about what i'm wanting you to do because here's now i see what your natural behaviors are well, your body's trying to do I was trying to time trying to function right. uh, but yeah no like so so we need teacher like I and then see how you function okay that's a really good so and, and I think people want to show and and give examples and even just see you know she was like she asked me for what nation of for your clients. how to do was like, no you know
1: I like that because you you don't understand what you, where you need to go. Exactly. Same thing with history. You got to learn where you're starting mm-hmm. to, in order to get anything back exactly. you can build on top of something you don't know. You don't know if you're over-correcting something that mm. they don't need. So I like that. That's, that's a really good And so
0: I see where their elbows go. And I'm like, okay, here. So i so we'll do a couple reps. I'm like, okay, here's how I want you. I want you to adjust your shoulders. I want you to find your lats. So think about this twisted sure. you know, On a chest press. I want you to think about this twisted shoulder. Mm-hmm. You can find some lat activation there. Sure. You know, where our elbows are going to be more about 45 degrees, give or take, yeah. you know, between the, you know, our torso and, you know, yeah trade out, Sure. you know, and parallel. Yeah, yeah. This is where, Absolutely. this is where we're wanting, you know, e- essentially like you're going to find your sweet Perfect. spot. It might be at 50 degrees or it might be at 30 sure. degrees or, you know, we're it's going to find the yeah, strength. Exactly. We, yeah. It's approximately 45 degrees, give or take, because say the pack, the pack connects to the, to the root cage mm-hmm. and it creates um, torque through the rib cage as well. So we want that kind of opening goes, and closing. Yeah. People want to go straight out, and they're like, oh, more pec. It's like, eh, a lot more shoulder, a lot more anterior, delture, serratus, anterior, all Oh,
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely. You know,
0: you know, you could say, that, like, and, this, and for that context, is benching straight out? Mm-hmm. bad? no, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to say that it's a horrible way to bench, but there's a time and place for everything, right? <laughs> so what is the goal
1: behind the movement pattern? I was going to say, I got... Definitely got out of the habit of saying something wasn't just bad. No. Don't do that. I'm like, it depends. It's mm-hmm. everything is very um contextual. Yes. Is is very situational. Yes, contextual. Uh, it depends. Uh, <laughs> but uh whenever you're talking about uh failure, especially mm-hmm. in terms of hypertrophy, yes, yeah. what we're saying is like those last few reps are gonna be a struggle. You're probably more than likely going to be hitting failure with whether last five, last well, that, three weeks. Well that's the thing, like you're like you're
0: you know, if we hit your if we hit the five effective reps, mm-hmm. your fifth one's going to be like grueling. Where you're sitting there, and you're like, yeah, mm, and you're yeah. you're trying with all your might to get that up mm-hmm. within the muscle tissue, right? Right. You might hit failure because you might be like, oh, I got one more. Like, I need one more. Like, I, I got I got six. I got six more left, not five more left. Yeah. And you hit that. good for that sixth one. It's like, like, did I have six? I don't know. I'm here now. Yeah. You know, I have to. And, but. Then the other context is, you know, with a lot of this, if we're doing that, then we need more machines because we're not necessarily looking for unstable environments. So we're now, we're using machines more for, to produce stability. So this is where I, in my thought processes have some issues mm-hmm. with this as a, as a training, pr- training principle, mm-hmm. because we need to be still be training mobility and stability of not
1: just of the joint, but, well, of the joint via muscle engagement. Mm -hmm. Which you're going to see a lot outside of machine because machines create stable joints. Basically, they create a path for you. Mm -hmm. Safe path is really safe to fail on a machine. Yes, exactly. But still using some of maybe like those compound movements, like just box squats whatever that creates stability Mm -hmm. in the ankles, the hips. Yeah. You're still advocating for Well, And, and, you know, so
0: like, so I'll progress people like one. I'll first have them start like i mean work on squats for sure. Yeah. Um, over time, we'll give move away from squats to you know to a degree. Maybe we'll bring them back, and this is where periodization starts coming in because maybe we're you know doing you know hitting machines you know with more for more isolation mm. for twelve weeks or you know whatever, and then we're moving back to what I would be considered as more functional movements, things that replicate things throughout our day, mm-hmm. like squats or, you know, you know, things like that, maybe a, a bench press or whatever, you know, bringing those back in like for another four or six, eight weeks or whatever, because we're working on that. But we're also then doing Arnold presses or whatever, you know, because those are working, the, not just the shoulder itself, but the entire uh, uh, shoulder girdle, Yeah, you know, Greater stability. Yeah, exactly. Really. So, but what things that we need is from the shoulder girdle are things that we need to be using in like a chest press or a shoulder press, those even muscles. even in isolation. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because we want to be like for a shoulder press, we want to be pulling those elbows down towards our side, like a lat pull down. Right. You know, and
1: you know, we don't necessarily want them out here. We want them slightly up and forward, so that you can engage muscles that are helping you stabilize. Yes. or Neutralize the movement, yes. but that's going to increase the actual
0: goal. Yes. And so. But I think the the, the effective reps model has, is is probably the the best thing that we we're seeing within hypertrophy itself. It's just gonna be hard to get a lot of people on the board that have old school mindset, and that's and that goes back to the whole I'm stuck in my own ideas, my own ways, you know. And depends on the person, yeah. um, you know. You'll say that pe- you'll see that people say that you know, oh, like le- like lighter weights better on joints. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You probably have screwed up joints. Yeah, you probably should fix that first. I was like, yeah, it's good on a weak joint. Yeah, yeah, like like your your shoulders probably your 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 shoulders probably are bad because you have poor thoracic mobility. Mm-hmm. So you probably need to work on your thoracic mobility, if you if it bothers right. your shoulders or your knees mm-hmm. or whatever. You no, know, outside of traumatic injuries that have mm-hmm. you know been caused from a car accident or
1: obviously there's always going to be outliers. Yes, but You're just not using muscles. Yes, you don't understand. Again, I think resistance training just teaches someone how to leverage mm-hmm. their body. Yeah. Uh, against weight Mm -hmm. Uh, whatever that movement looks like you know so if you haven't leveraged in that or so if you haven't used that area so we're just using the Mm -hmm. shoulders is very common that people have weaknesses in shoulders yeah posture yeah I was like shoulders are they can easy to mess up because they have so much movement there yeah Um, so just going back to that um, well they're it it, they're a very unstable
0: joint as the joint itself is designed but it has so much more mobility because it's unstable that and gravity has a greater impact on it when we look down on our phones or look down on computers Absolutely. or let yourself slouch. Like, Seems I mean, good. over the course of 20, 30 years, you'll change bone structure oh, of, with gravity, yeah. applying, with you just let yourself relax. Mm-hmm. So you actually require lower traps and lats to pull yourself up and back mm-hmm. with your chest and you know be nice and erect. Cool. Is posture, you know? being posturally correct all the time good no because our bodies are designed to move and be in different positions mm-hmm. so there is no ergonomic position that you should be in at all times mm-hmm.
1: yeah if you think i'm no. walking around with the the old trick was like uh feel like you pick your shoulders up roll them yeah. back and then set them down if i walk mm-hmm. around like that i'm probably going to create another weakness somewhere yeah so well,
0: you, you do i mean yeah you know, like, if, so. if you're never in a position you can't be strong in that position yeah so you should be slouched for sometimes. You should be erected sometimes. You should be in all these different spots. You know, there's, there's a lot of different theories. But this goes back to the mobility and stability training mm-hmm. overall and strengthening the joint capsule, not yeah. just the muscle itself. Like, because the muscle is only as strong as the joint. Yeah. So if the joint, including the tissue
1: in the joint, is weak. Then your muscles mm-hmm. you can't, you can't contract that muscle mm-hmm. to its full potential. You can't utilize that entire chain mm-hmm. to its actual potential. And you're just increasing the potential for injury as you grow more muscle tissue. So people and you that might get are stronger, really but
0: really anterior yeah. anterior your shoulders, you know, they're they're, you know, slouched over, mm-hmm. you know, and they can't get to any thoracic, mm-hmm. you know, retraction. They not use it. They can't engage. They, they don't problems. have rear delts. Yeah. Like they're they're not they're they're asking for an injury in their back now, because their back has no ability to contract.
1: Mm-hmm. They're asking they
0: for for a rotator cuff tear or something because they have no strength in the rotator cuffs. Like they're asking for something because their body's going to demand something from it, and it's incapable of doing the work, so it's going to just rip. Yeah, or have you know uh, uh, herniated discs or you know bulging yeah. discs at some point in time because you're so rounded forward or you're using too much lumbar spine or whatever. Yeah. The body's
1: going to find mm-hmm. a way to dissipate the force, whether it's yeah. for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. It, the force has to go somewhere. Yeah. We know this, right? It doesn't. Just, mm-hmm. It can't just go away. It no. has to be transferred somewhere. Exactly. So you want to practice or find get into a good habit of. Finding a healthy way yep. to dissipate that or transfer that force yeah. throughout the body bu- or yeah. leverage, you know, is, is kind of what I was saying. But yeah. Um, but I don't think that, there, you know,
0: there's like you're saying with there's for hypertrophy, there's a broader reach. Like yes. what you're telling, you know, I agree with that 100%. I just think that there's, as we advance our training, we need to niche down deeper and deeper into the heavier weight, you know,
1: yes. with good. With good stability and mobility training, once involved. You hit all the things that you were yes. saying, which is once you find your stability, then you can Ooh. overload in that technique, right? Yes. Then you can load that technique well. You've been practicing, you yes. found the stability. Yeah, That's a good point. And I, um, a lot of people, right. I think, you hear all those horror stories people are like, oh, deadlifting is bad for your back on an untrained mm-hmm. back. Yep. Any, on an untrained anything, mm-hmm. loading heavy weight on an untrained system, on an mm-hmm. untrained body is bad for you. The inability to brace mm-hmm. is is bad for you. So yeah. if you can't brace, you can't deadlift. If you can't squat,
0: yeah. If you're if you have, you know, you don't know how to stabilize your body. Okay. And I only want to say it this way. I was going to say if you have don't if you have any type of spinal flexion or extension through the movement, I disagree with that. But generally speaking, for most people, unless they start training light for flexion extension through the movement itself, mm-hmm. then they're having issues. You know, if you look at, uh, I think his name is Moses Bernard down in Florida. Sure, he's a Tall, skinny, black guy. Mm-hmm. He's a physical therapist, mm-hmm. and he's standing on boxes, literally. You know, hold, and I think it's Jefferson, like where he's holding Jefferson, Jeff- Jefferson curl, Yeah, Jefferson where from. he's like rounding through yeah. his spine all the way down, yeah. 315 pounds in his in his elbows, past his toes. I don't want a Jefferson. Yes, jeez, and then curling back up. And then he goes and does his first powerlifting meet. I it's he pulled like six, seven hundred up, like pounds. like on. Like he's like in his. I swear he's like this big around in his first powerlifting meet. Yeah, like I mean, it might not have been that that, yeah, heavy, that high, but it was some ungodly. Like I'm like I can't. Do that. Yeah. And he doesn't train strength specifically,
1: but he strength he trains for his joints to be strong. And yeah. Like that. So he found the stability. So he's like, oh, you just want me to move this linear yeah. path? I move it in a non-linear exactly. way all the time. So the so, linear path is probably. Relatively and, easier, for you. Mm-hmm.
0: and I think that the, you know, on in this context, outside of hypertrophy, although I think it has benefit in hypertrophy, I think we're going to start seeing. And I'm putting this out here now, so it's time Let's to hear it. it, and it's on th- my threads as well. Let's hear it. I think we're going to start to see more isometric training because mm-hmm. we're seeing because because I think this data shows that you're sh- like if you get stuck in a spot, if you isometrically contract that spot with maximum mechanical tension. Mm-hmm. You're training everything thirty percent above and thirty percent below that. So you so you're training that specific tissue, and they're training thirty percent of the tissue above and below.
1: So you are getting stronger. Like Isometrics have proven to exactly get greater like really really good strength mm-hmm. results. Especially I've I've learned it in school as far as uh yeah. injury treatment mm-hmm. right uh for for strengthening tendons and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Isometric contraction. Don't get me wrong. You still got to contract and move it. Yeah, contract, relax. Still teach it that reflex, that response. Yeah, but.
0: However, I think that are symmetric, like if we broke down every degree of flexion and extension of, say, the elbow or the shoulder, you know, sure. through a shoulder press, every single slight movement is a new isometric contraction. Sure. So you can look at every single point, because if we could just like freeze time at any given time throughout a movement, it's like you're isometric contracting. Oh, 100%. So if you're training like you're in, you're in control, you're not letting gravity take it down, you're not bouncing up, you're not creating momentum. You're isometric contracting because you can stop at any moment in time through that movement, range of motion, through that movement. And still be okay. And, st- and boom. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Yeah. Hold it here, hold it there. So you're then increasing overall joint stability joint or joint integrity. Mm. Um, we'll just call it that. Kaplan as a blanket statement. Yeah. The integrity of the joints, which then trans- translates to more strength, which more strength creates more mechanical tension and mechanical
1: tension You drive it so high Oh, absolutely. Time under tension is what you hear. That, so. uh, well, time under tension is going to be different than mechanical tension. You're talking about the amount of time under tension, mechanical
0: like, work done? Yes. Oh, okay. The oh. actual tension that that, mu- that muscle is producing. So the more mechanical, t- the more tension we can produce. So time under tension would be like, oh, I can put, you know, I can go. Centuries. I yeah. That doesn't mean that you're producing more tension. You're just having the
1: same amount of tension for more time a of activation. Yes. same yes. amount of force under yes. a longer duration. So if you have more force, or more mechanical strength overall, top number. Yes. Higher. Yes.
0: Um, that's because that that's what's going to cause those muscle fibers to need to have the need to proliferate and grow. So then you're growing more tissue mm-hmm. there because due to more a higher stimulus and mechanical tension. Okay, I'm with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's where time and attention is behind it, of right? But,
1: but still, really. it can be it's, broken down it, into its own. Yes, it's a, it's a smaller category. thing.
0: Yes. And then you had brought, and last thing I want to cover before we move on to the question of the yes, day. Yeah, of course. Not. Um, you brought up drop sets and supersets of and things. Yeah. So those are great. However, those are just strategies. Um, s- those are just um, set intensifiers, right? right? Mm-hmm. They, we're looking at managing Central nervous system fatigue, because mm-hmm. for us to recruit the 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 deepest muscle fibers that are more likely to grow,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we need to be recovered. So we actually are looking for high recovery times: two minutes, three minutes, eight minutes, ten minutes, mm-hmm. whatever it takes for you to do that next set. Mm-hmm. As Jace would say, to fight a bear. Yeah, yeah, we're
1: just J- TM. TM.
0: I know, right? TM. <laughs> oh, we got you, Jace. TM. <laughs> You brought up drop sets and supersets and things. Yeah.
1: So those are. <laughs>
0: yeah. Now he's here.
1: Uh. But yeah.
0: So. So more more rest is not necessarily wor- worse. Yeah. Like people like, but the old school was less rest. Right. Takes a second rest. 90 yeah. second Rest Ten. max. Go. Yeah. No, because they were chasing the pump. The pump is not beneficial for our Over growth as muscle. well no. because that's central, ner- central nervous central nervous system of fatigue. So we're we're inhibiting our ability to actually activate. And fire those muscle fibers that we need to fire to grow. Mm-hmm. So, all the things that all of the things that we use as metrics for, like, oh, look at my pump, or I, like I feel sore or whatever, mm-hmm. those, you're going to feel less sore when you're trying to have a good food. Yeah. You're, you're actually, you know, you're doing less overall total volume because mm-hmm. volume is not the driver of growth. You can say you maybe can use, volume of effective it. reps yeah. would be, could be a driver yeah. of growth, but just sheer volume. Yeah. But sheer volume, no. No, I can lift 10 pounds, you know, a thousand times throughout the
1: day. And, and it won't happen. You know, and The growth not- is in the last hundred or whatever, yeah, the last exactly. 50 that really I barely feel like exactly. I can move. So, yeah, you can use five pounds. Yeah. it will take your walk. It's there. So you don't need all that volume.
0: Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to cover on this topic? Before we help not,
1: not, 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 not to mind right now if okay. anybody has any comments yeah. or that's been said. I'm uh, willing to open up more yeah. conversation for it.
0: For so, sure. If anyone has any anything else to add to this, yeah. you, if you agree or disagree, like let us know. Yeah. Let us know in the comments. Love to have um, a talk. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, if you if you have other data that we ha- don't have that you think we should see, by all means, send it over. Let's yeah. let's read to it. Right. Or, or read read to it. Read to it. Read it. And we can come back, you know, we'll come back on and be like, hey, actually, like, here's some new data that we did. We'd love did. to. Well, I, I mean, in the
1: beginning, yeah, you got be, to be comfortable being open-minded yeah. and being wrong. So uh, collect as much data as you can, but there's always a chance that you miss something. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh,
0: for our final thing, um, Caitlin, for our question of the day, she had asked about working out fasted or not fasted. Mm. She prefers to work out fasted. Um, she wanted to know our thoughts on it.
1: My biggest thing is I, I hear it a lot uh, that people fast and then go work out. I know people who do it and they swear by it. So my thing from personally, I say, uh, listen to your body at all times. Uh, if you feel like your performance is, is waning or you're not lifting as heavy, you're feeling too fatigued to finish your your sets. Maybe it's not for you, but it yeah. um, depends on the person. I, I really do think, but always go back in my perspective, always go back and listen to your body. 100%. Um. I also want to
0: emphasize, like, ooh, what's your goal? Mm-hmm. What's your goal? So training fasted, if you're in a diet phase, is not necessarily going to mm-hmm. be better for diet as in lower calories. Yeah. Okay. If you're actually dieting. Yes. 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 Okay. And you're in a caloric deficit. deficit. Yes. Yes. That's why I talk about phases So, muscle. Absolutely. Lean lean tissue growth phase, diet
1: phase. Absolutely. Weight loss phase.
0: Yeah. Um, but if you're in a, in a weight loss phase, um is not gonna be advantageous necessarily for because you're already probably low lower calorie and you're also going to maybe be slightly glycogen depleted. So it's not gonna be necessarily best for long term adhere or uh, muscle maintenance, maintaining mm-hmm. as much muscle tissue as possible. Mm-hmm. So probably sacrifice a bit of it. there's there's the possible. Mm-hmm. Um I won't say probable because I still th- I believe that there's mechanisms that we don't really see that we don't really know about yet so, yeah, are going yeah. on. Um that help prevent some of that in a short term. I think we start seeing that more long-term. Yeah. So um, I do advocate personally for people, you know, I, I have a lot of my clients doing like a 24 hour fast, like once a week or once every two oh, weeks sure. and stuff like that. And it's usually on their off days, but they're not, yeah. you know, but if they train on those days, it's like, Hey, don't, you know, you're, you'll you be fine. Like you're not going to tear down that much of tissue. However, if you're in bodybuilding mm-hmm. and you're trying to grow as much muscle tissue or whatever, then by all means, if your lifestyle and you prefer to train fasted and you're not looking and mm. sitting here and be like, oh, I want to grow as much muscle tissue as possible. You just want to feel good, you know, be energetic and things like this. By all means, like I think it's, you know, very viable for that person. So understanding the person or where what your actual goals are mm. and how you can help you kind of come up with that. So back to what you said, like if it feels good for you, then do it within your goals. Yeah. You know, okay. understanding how that feels within your goals is going to be, like, important because mm-hmm. it's like, well, I like to train fasted, but I'm also trying to, like, you know, be bo- yeah. body build. Okay, yeah. well, maybe not. Yeah. You know, fasted cardio, there's some, ha- sure. you know, but most of the time for fasted cardio, like, let's be real, those people are assisted anyways, and they're having things
1: help preserve muscle tissue. Right. So right now, now that's where you're talking right. about other systems taking into play. Yeah. And okay. so are going curve the fasting, you know. The rules for, for natural people. Slightly change a little Definitely. bit. I was like my experience. Like, it's, if I was like planning to do like a heavy deadlift that day, my goal was always to eat. heavy yeah. heavily.
0: Yeah. hours before. Well, it depends on it depends on whenever you train. Like, it, yeah. most yeah. of the people that are training fasted probably training first thing in the morning. Yeah. So I wake, yeah. instead of waking up, and I train like, like three. Yes. So, four. so you're not going to be fasted. Like for you to nah, fast no, three one, or four, it's going to be cool. you know yeah, I will be so sick.
1: Yeah. So yeah,
0: so most of those people are probably going to be training in the morning. The morning lifters, you know, That's the they're maybe. Like nine o'clock okay. depends on what time they wake up. But they're probably training relatively quick, like shortly after they wake up, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. then it's like well, time to do that. might be why they feel better fasted than
1: because they have cause Cause they, they didn't have heavy. any time to eat their breakfast. Exactly, they, that's a good point. A
0: you really know, point. but if we look at glycogen stores, if they're maintenance or they're in a growth phase, mm-hmm. their glycogen stores are filled mm-hmm. like overnight. Yeah, and but if we're we eating enough protein, even if we're in a diet phase, still depends on how carb depleted we are. Mm-hmm. But where glycogen stores are still probably pretty full. Pretty, pretty. We have the only thing to deplete. No, well, I mean, from the previous day, but we have the conversion from amino acids to sugars to help fill those back up over time. So, if you're eating adequate protein, you still have that ability. So, you for that person, depending on how hard they're dieting, that could depend on where they like whether fasting, working out fasted is going to be good. So, again, you know, consensus is goal-oriented. And how you feel doing it yourself mm-hmm. is probably the best best answer. Mm-hmm. So no, it's not bad. Um, and no, it's not necessarily the right thing to do. It's not bad. It's not it's, the it's best. either way. So whatever you choose, which tends to be a consensus across the board for a lot of things. I know mm-hmm. you probably wanted a hey, yes want you a no.
1: concrete answer. Yeah, right. This is it. That's the acceptance. Yep. We're there is very, very few concrete.
0: Answers out there. it depends on your lifestyle there's a lot of variables that go into it yeah uh, if you want to have further conversations about that like feel free to shoot us a message you need to call us we can you know answer We'd love I'd to have... talk about it cool
1: okay bro we're gonna yeah. cut that short
0: sweet yeah bro yeah you good. Been been talking with you go peace out bro.